Yes, and amen. Good morning to you. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Yeah. Okay, so, so here's the deal. So here's the deal. I kind of like snuck out during the offering. I like sometimes to stand over against the wall and uh, kind of watch the last part of the worship going on. And um, I looked across the crowd and look around you, and this is so amazing, the number of people that are here, and it's just not today, it's been. And I said to myself, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? You are drawing people to the house of God, whether it be this house or another house. And it is a blessing to see you here and have you here, whether you're a regular tender, first time, or member, whatever it is, we are glad that you are here today. Well, hey, today we're talking about what's in a name. And we just had a really good example about names in the two songs. Um, actually, I requested both of them. Um, one, I do the video. And so I was thinking, hey, what, what can we have a song about name? And you say, well, Dwayne, how exactly uh, did that tie in um, with name? Well, I'm going to tell you in just a minute. You just hang on to that, okay? But then... Then, I, I love this song in Jesus' name. And a long time ago, I asked Trey, I said, Terry, you think Lanny could sing that? And then this was the perfect Sunday. Didn't you do an amazing job? Amen, amen, yeah, yeah. And, and that song was so powerful about the name of Jesus for his namesake, which you're going to talk about. And then also, the second song is about his namesake, and that's us. That's us. So that's where we're going today. So, so it asks a question, what's in a name? What's in a name? Well, that's varied. You know, if I were to say the name Billy in this crowd, okay, chances are all you good Southern Baptists and a few Presbyterians and Methodists would instantly say Billy Graham. Sure, Billy Graham, one of the greatest evangelists that there ever was. However, perhaps I think about Ben Sis. You know, Ben Sis was a big fan of Western novels, and he might say something like, Billy the Kid, Billy the Kid. Two opposite people, and yet the same name. What's in a name? I was kidding. You know, if we say the name Mary, okay, we kind of think, Mary, the mother of Jesus, okay? But we have our own Mary Club. Back here, on the, look here, turn around. On this back row back here, we have four Marys sitting together. Give them a round of applause. Yeah, yeah. We have a Mary, we have an M-A-R-Y, we have an M-E-R-R-Y, we have an M-J, which is Mary Jane, and then we're back to plain old good old Mary Patterson, so... Did that come out all right? <laughs> anyway, isn't it cool? So what's in a name? What's in a name? And then, of course, on a more somber side, there's names that are just associated with things that are not necessarily good. You know, we think about Judas. Have you noticed that very few people name their children Judas? You know, because it's associated with betrayal. Betrayal. And, of course, on a fewer number, Benedict Arnold, of course, is, is a traitor to his country. So you don't see very many Benedicts. And then, and then the ultimate one is a guy named Adolf. And, of course, when you hear Adolf, you instantly think of Adolf Hitler. But here's an unusual thing. Um, back in the early days of, of 1901, 23, around in there, and in before, Adolf was a very popular name. Uh, pick a name that you know is very popular in America. Well, that's the way Adolf was. And then along comes this guy named, who ultimately became known as Adolf Hitler, which that was his name. You know, all of a sudden he came to power. And at first, everybody was, yay, Adolf. And, and parents were naming their kids after Adolf Hitler, not here in Germany. 
Germany, okay? They were naming their kid. But then as the picture began to unfold, even before, even before, like in 1937, 38, his true colors be coming out, all of a sudden they started dropping off, okay? And then at the end of the war, virtually no, no one, no one named their kids Adolf. In fact, today in Germany, it's not a popular, in fact, it's rarely used anymore, okay? What's in a name? Everything. And that's what we want to talk about today. We're going to spend just a few minutes talking about the name that God gives us. Okay, that's important. And then we're going to spend the rest of the time talking about the name of God. Now, I have a quote this morning from a lady named Rachel Held Evans. And uh, you probably do not know her. Um, First off, she was a little liberal for my taste, but there's certainly nothing wrong with her quote. And sadly, um, when she was like 34 years old, she was an up-and-coming Christian writer. If I name some of the books, ladies, you might recommend some of the bo- or recognize some of the books that she wrote. Um, so anyway, so she, she gets an a infection. And when she's like 34 years old, goes in the hospital and gets an antibiotic and has a reaction to the antibiotic. In like three weeks, she was dead. So it's really a sad story. But what she says is really strong and something we need to hear today. So she says this. We all long for someone to tell us who we are. We all long for that. Someone to really tell us who we are. Because, you know, in the the world, it's easy to get lost uh, finding our purpose and all of that. And I would add the the word, we all long for someone to tell us who we really are who we really are. Because, you know, there's many people who speak into our lives that they don't tell us who we really are. They tell us who they think we should be and perhaps who they think we are, okay? But here's, here's where it gets really good. The great struggle of the Christian life is to own God's name for us. The great struggle in the Christian life is to own God's name for us. That's very difficult because, again, so many people speak into our lives, sometimes, sometimes complete strangers, but sometimes also just, you know, just people we know and people have influenced our lives, and they speak into our lives. And, again, it's kind of long, but it may be worth writing down. You know, I said, you know, the, the, names, the names that people assign to us make it difficult to believe the name God assigned to us. Let me say that one more time, okay? Just in case you want to write it down. The name that people assign to us makes it difficult, hard, to believe the name God assigns to us. It's, it's a painful old story. Probably at least 34 years ago, I was at a pastor of another church, obviously, and um, there was a guy there, and he was a friend. Um, most of the time. Um, and what's weird, he was a deacon. And so, for some reason, um, he, had the, he thought he had the spiritual gift of criticism. Do you know anybody like that? You know, they feel like, you know, my job is to be critical and let you know what I really think, okay? Well, that was kind of this guy. And it's funny because we had a bipolar relationship, okay? Sometimes, if you were to ask me privately, I wouldn't do it from the stage. Um, he's no longer with us, but regardless, his family is. And so, you know, if you were to ask me on one side, I'd tell you a couple of stories of things he did that were just amazingly kind, just amazingly kind. And yet, on the other side of the coin, there's a thing that he did to me that I just, it still scars me today. 
you know? Uh, well, he would come to my house virtually every Saturday morning. Uh, it got to the point where Judy would look out the window and say, He's here, Dwayne. And, you know, it's, it's funny because you always knew it wasn't going to be good, you know. And so he showed up one Saturday in his little tan truck, you know, and gets out. And he's here, Dwayne. And I go out into the driveway, and we had this discussion. Again, it was quite frequently, incidentally, right before Sunday. And um, so he was talking one day and talking, and yeah, 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 yeah. And then he said these words that, that just still caused my heart to cringe. He said, Dwayne, when you preach... You're nothing but a clown. Yeah, really hurt. Because here I am, you know, still, I I still struggle. God, why'd you even call me to do this? Okay? You know, there's a lot of other guys more talented and worthy than me. Why are you? And that just affirmed the fact. He affirmed what I really thought about myself. I have no business being on this stage. And I never forgot it. Oh, it don't, it doesn't own me. I don't wake up every day thinking about this. But still, when I think and go, oh, man, I remember that, how painful it was. And what he said, now listen, what he said made it difficult for me to believe what God says about me. You're sitting here and you know, you know exactly, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Your husband, your wife, one of your parents spoke words into you, okay? Your boss at work, uh, where you bank, a Walmart employee, somewhere, somebody spoke something into your life and it wounded you. It wounded you and made you think less of who you are. And you have a hard time believing what God says because of what that person said. Now, here's the deal. You're going to have to claim and decide what name you're going to own. You know, God wants you to own the name he has for you. And you know what that name is? Child of God. Child of God. God. And nothing, somebody say nothing. Now, nothing can change that. Nothing can change that. He wants you to know that, that He's fond of you, that He loves you. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 10, He says, You are my masterpiece. You're my masterpiece. Now, you may be a Picasso and not a Rembrandt, but you're still a masterpiece. The great struggle of the Christian life is to own God's name for us. And, 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 to believe we are beloved. And would you look at me today? You are beloved. No matter what your parents, kids, students, no matter what your, your parents say, no matter what the popular kids at school might say, no, no matter what your husband says or your wife says, no matter what your boss says, you are beloved. Beloved of God. And, and, you need to believe, and to believe that is enough. You, you Listen, there's a lot of wives in unhappy marriages because your husband doesn't affirm you. I'm sorry for that. But you got to quit seeking your husband's affirmation as much as you need the affirmation of God, and God's not going to change his mind. He thinks you're swell. He thinks you're great. He thinks you're awesome. And it flips the other way around. You know, ladies, do you don't understand when you speak these words of disbelief to your husband, man, it just it just tears him apart. We want to be the hero. We want to be the provider. And 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 when you say, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in you, okay? I just don't believe in you. You don't know the damage that does. So we got to believe the fact that God says we're beloved and that He has a name for us, which is child of God. And that's what we need to settle on. 
I, I, didn't, I wasn't sure you could really hear the words of that song. I think it was Kayla Brazier who said, I know the group is called Cain. And she said, hey, listen to this song. And frankly, I don't think it was this song. It was another song. But, but this morning I woke up and I said, you know, I cannot remember what song I chose for the video. And, um, and so I went to Dropbox and played it. And oh my gosh, it just it light, it lighted up my spirit this morning. So much, so I had to listen to it again. But listen to these words. Listen to these words, the lyrics. On my best day. On the day, on the day when I believe and read the word of God. On, on the day when I pray and it just seems like heaven's really listening. On the day when I'm tempted to gospel, gospel, gossip, and I don't. On the day when I'm tempted to look where I shouldn't look or say something I shouldn't say. On those days when I, when I, you know, and I don't do it. On, on my best day, guess what you are? You're a child of God. You're a child. But here's what I love. See, we all go, well, yeah, of course, I got it right. Of course, I'm a child of God. But look, on my worst day, the day you don't get anything right. Today you wonder why God ever said yes to you. you, you on the day you wonder why, why God extended his mercy and grace and forgiveness to you. On, on, the, on the day when it seems like nothing's going right. On your worst day, guess what you are? You're a child of God. See, your identity is not plumber, banker, teacher, preacher, your identity is child of God. I remember my brother's funeral. I shared this with you, I think. You know, sometimes we called him Big Reg because there was a little Reg. And, and sometimes we called him Reggie. And then sometimes we called him just plain Reg. I said, but regardless of what we called him, his identity was child of God. And if you take nothing, listen, if I don't give you anything else today you can use, I hope you'll walk out, I hope you'll walk out the doors. With your identity confirmed, you, as a Christ follower, you are a child of God. Take that home. Take that home. And and when the world beats up on you, and and when your parents beat up on you, and and when society beats up on you, and when your boss beats up on you, you say, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm a child of God. And there's nothing that's going to change that. That's what you are in God's his name for you, and we're going to talk about this in just a moment. His name for you is namesake. Namesake. There was a, there was a Reggie, that's Austin Reginald Taylor Sr. There was an Austin Reginald Taylor Jr. And there's an Austin Reginald Taylor III. And I didn't really firm this down until my, my mom or to my brother died. I ended up with the family Bible. And I was pretty sure, but I didn't know that my, my brother next to me, which is still up the chain a little bit, you know, was named after my mom. <laughs> he was, his name was Leslie Lee Taylor, and hers was Leslie Lee Taylor Dean, Dean Taylor. You know, didn't know that. And then I didn't ask T.A.'s permission, but T.A., you know, y'all know what T.A. stands for? You ever wondered? Nothing. <laughs> He's just named T.A. It's not Thomas Alfred. It's just T.A. And T.A., how many are there now? Five, Five of them. Five of them. Those are all namesakes. And see, we are namesakes of God. When we are, we are child, we are a child of God. Now let's, we've talked about our name, who we are, child of God. But let's talk about the God 
who gives us that name. The God who gives us that name. Um, we live in a culture today where this is kind of getting lost, and I hope this is an opportunity for us to, to remember. Um, back in Deuteronomy in chapter 5, and verse number 11, um, God's listing the Big Ten, you know, the Big Ten. And number three, okay, number three was this, okay? And here's what he said. You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Now, we're going to talk about that word, Misuse, so I'm not going to linger there, but but concentrate on. You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. See, see, the name of Jesus and the name of God is, and of course, one and the same. You know, it's it's a wonderful name. It's a powerful name. It, it's it's a name to be lifted up in worship, not used as a curse word. Um, you know, um, when Jesus was teaching the boys to pray, you know, they walked up one day and they said, hey. John's teaching his guys how to pray, and we really don't know how to do this. So do you think you could, like, teach us to pray? And Jesus said, yeah. And he said, um, here's, a, here's an example, okay? Here's an outline for you to follow, and we call it the Lord's Prayer. And it really should be called the Disciples' Prayer, but it's the Lord's Prayer. And guess what he starts out with? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. See, the name of God is a name that needs to be and should be worshipped. It should be held high. Now, back in the good old days of Judeo-Christian values, that was a pretty big deal. I mean, you rarely watch television, as an example, um, where you heard the name of God taken inappropriately. It was just kind of a a no-no. It was a no-no. And then even in society, a lot of people, they may be ruffians and not, not even know um, not even know about, uh, you know, about God. But still, that was like an off-premise. It was, it was something that you valued, that was valued even by lost people. Well, we've kind of lost that. We've lost the value of the name of God. And we've got to make sure that as Christ followers and as, as churches, we don't get sucked into that. We don't get sucked into that. Now, the Lord says in his big three, okay, the big ten with number three, the Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. Now, we, that, we kind of wrestle with that, and I don't have time to go into a lot of detail, but you've got to understand, even with grace, there's an accountability. I will never be held accountable for the penalty of my sin, but I will be held accountable for my life. Paul makes that very, very clear. It's called the judgment seat of Christ, and will be judged for the works that we do, both good and bad. It's an accountability thing. It has nothing to do with heaven or hell. It has to do with the accountability factor. And that's where this fits in. Every time we, we misuse the name of God, God's going to say, what was up with that? He probably won't say it like that. But, but you know, what, what is up with that? So, so our, our teaching point that follows this is this. We are commanded, big word, not suggested. We are commanded not to speak the name of God in a wrong way. That we get. I mean, most Christians would go, yeah, it's wrong. I, I, I may slip up every once in a while, but I know it's wrong when I do, okay? But here's what we got to be careful of. And this is where I'm going to get in your kitchen, all right? I know that. Um, you know, one of the things that's floating around, especially in social media, are those three letters. You know what they are, don't you? O-M-G. O-M-G. Now, we know that stands for, oh, my God. And usually it's accompanied with big eyeballs, like oh, there's a feeling of shock. Oh, my God. You know? Now, most of us would never say that. As Christ followers, as Christ followers, we would never say that, okay? 
But in culture, it's very, very common. And then you're going to say, well, wait, 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 wait. No, no, OMG for me means, oh, my goodness. Now, this is just something to be careful of. I'm just getting in your kitchen a little bit, okay? I'm trying to tell you, around the name of God, we need to be careful, okay? So, so you say, it doesn't mean that for me. It doesn't mean, oh, my God. It just means, oh, my goodness, okay? I got that, okay? But my question is this. What does it mean to your friends? You have a lost friend, and you've witnessed to them, and they see OMG, and to them it means, oh, my God, and then to you, it means, oh, my goodness. They don't know the difference. I'm just, Dwayne, why are you doing, I invited my friend to church today. They finally came, and you're getting on them about how they talk. Just telling you, be careful. Because in the culture we are in today, the name of God is losing its value. Be careful how you speak. It gets worse. Because, and this is not a Dwayne cook-up. This is a fact. It's also, not only as we shouldn't speak wrongly, we should act wrongly. You see, when we misrepresent his name, that too is a violation of the third commandment. When we speak it, it's a violation. But when we don't live it, it's a violation. When we misrepresent God to the world. Because when we, when we speak about God, we're speaking about him, his character, which is directly associated with his name. Okay, I mean, they're inseparable inseparable. His character and name are yoked together. So, so when we choose not to love and not to forgive, um, uh, when we choose as a church not to act godly, when we choose not to love one another, when we choose to, to not be kind to one another, those are misrepresentations, and, and it makes us violators of this third commandment. Now, now I'm going to get this in a minute, but I'm going to get it now before I forget it. Now, in Western culture... What, what do we like to call ourselves? We are Christians. All right. Do you know what the name Christian means? Like Christ or Christ-like. Okay. Now, it's gotten so bad, okay, that every, you know, every, if you've ever turned around in a church parking lot, you're a Christian. If you ever were searching on the web and actually looked up church, you're a Christian. That's how it is in America. Everybody's a Christian. Well, you know what? You go to the Muslim world, and they really believe that. They believe that everybody in the West is a Christian. So, Dwayne, what's the problem? Well, they get on the Internet, and they see this person or that person, famous person, how they're living. Um, They hear about the addictions to uh, drugs and alcohol and pornography. Um, they, They hear about murder and rape and incest, and, and, and they hear about all those different things going on, and here's what they think. And I'm not, listen, we were told this. When we go to Africa, uh, or mo- any Muslim culture, don't use the word Christian, because they associate every person in the West as a Christian, and if that's a Christian, they want nothing to do with it. That's why I encourage you to use the word Christ follower. Christ follower. You know, Christian is open to many, many different interpretations, okay? But Christ follower is very, very clear. So, so we want to make sure that we speak clearly, succinctly, and honor God with our mouths. But we also want to honor God with our lives. Okay? So, so now we got three or four more teaching points, and then we'll move on down to the last part of the sermon. Okay? Number two is this. You know, when the world misuses his name, it should offend us. Okay? And cause us to cringe. 
I told Judy last night or this morning, first off, you need to know something. Now, this, I'm just laying the groundwork for you, okay? I'm not putting a halo on my head. Um, but Judy and I are very, very careful um, about our viewing habits. Um, I'm a big fan of nature and travel and, you know, those kind of things. Um, but I watch no network television because it just seems to me like network TV is the breeding ground for what I'm talking about today. So we try to be careful. But here's what I'm going to tell you. Did you know even in PG movies, it's not uncommon for them to throw out God's name in vain. I mean, you know, it's, it's just a very, it's, it's become a common, common, common thing, okay, in culture today. Now, now, how do you counter something like that? By honoring the name. You counter culture by a different culture. You counter their misuse by use, okay? And I'll be honest with you, can I just be transparent? Sometimes I don't turn it off. Oh, well, you know, and I'll keep watching. I'm in the movie and watching it. But we have got to be careful about the name of God. But certainly, certainly, if you find yourself getting to the point where hearing God's name taken appropriately doesn't offend you, be careful. You're being culturized. If you stop cringing, okay, be careful. You're becoming culturized, okay? Then, when the church misrepresents its name, it should break our hearts. This is bigger than you know, and I wish we had more time to talk about it. It's so important that when the world sees the church, they see Jesus. They don't need to see our religion, you know. They don't need to see how often we go or how we dress as much as they need to see Jesus. And when, we, when, they, when the church doesn't act like Jesus, it, it sends the wrong message to culture. You see that? You see that? This is so important. Hey, students, it's a big deal. It's a big deal at high school. I, you know, that's a rough environment. It really is. And so important when you're there that you, they, just like you act here, you need to be sure and act there. So, so you represent the name of Jesus um, in the right way. The next teaching point is this. So remember, when you call yourself a Christian, when you call yourself Christ-like, and then you walk a walk that does not reflect the presence of Christ in your life, you're taking the name of the Lord your God in vain. You're misrepresenting the name. You're misrepresenting. I am a child of God, but when we don't act like that, we're misrepresenting the name. And that's all I'm saying with that is just be careful. Be cognizant of your life. You know, you're in Walmart. Remember, the, I would never do this. But when you're in Walmart and you get in the slowest line and you're in a hurry, I am not one to say, why do I always pick the wrong line? Can you not... Woman, do you know, sir, do you know how to use that cash register? Did you go to school for that? Ma'am. <laughs> Ma'am, would you mind going back to the nursing home because you obviously are too slow? <laughs> Misrepresenting the name. When you call yourself a Christian and then walk a walk, that does not reflect the presence of Christ in your life, then you are taking the name of the Lord in vain. Ouch. Our last teaching point is this, for this part. The name of God. Now, see what I told you? Remember I told you? The name and character are, are linked together, okay? The name of God, and therefore his character, is so vast, and the names of God so varied, that they almost defy description or definition. You serve a really big God. 
You serve a really big God. And that's why there's so many names for God in the Bible, so many names for Jesus in the Bible, okay? Because it's so vast, so vast. Um, there's a guy named Billy Sunday. Now, you don't know that name. But Billy Sunday was a guy. He was definitely a ruffian. He was a bar guy, bar bouncer. Got saved, you know, radically changed and surrendered to the ministry. He never lost his ruffian part, though. And so when he would preach, he would do strange things like bust chairs on the stage and do all kind of crazy stuff like that. But here's what he said, and it's good. He says, there are 256 names given in the Bible for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I suppose this was because he was infinitely beyond all that any one name could express. And I think he's right. Come on. 26 letters is not enough to declare the glory of God. He's so much bigger and so much beyond that. And I, I, think, I think that's why God told Moses to use a different name. You know, back in Exodus chapter 3 and verse number 14, you know, Moses is being sent to the children of Israel. They, 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 they vaguely remember God. I mean, they've been in, in Egypt for 400 years, okay? So they vaguely remember God. And so Moses says, well, who do you want me to tell them sent me when I get there, because they're going to ask. I know these people. They're going to ask and go, so who is it that, that, that sent me? And I think that's why he said this. You know, God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Because he's such, he's such a big God, you just couldn't give one name. And Moses, Moses couldn't get there and go, hang on, let me get my list out. So God gave this broad name and simply says, I am who I am. I love that. I am who I am. And then another interpretation, not translation, but another interpretation from the Greek is, I will be what I will be. Say that. Say this to the children of Israel. I am has sent me to you. I want you to, I don't know if I made this clear or not, but I want you to understand, I want you to know that God is so big and so vast, the best he can do is I am. We cannot, we cannot comprehend just how big and how vast God is. And then, almost like a descriptive, like trying to make, make, make a description, you know, we have Revelation chapter 1 and verse number 8, you know. And I love this. You know, Jesus speaking in the book of Revelation, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the Alpha and the Omega. So, so here's what it means. Now, I want you to imagine with me. Okay, imagine with me, and I want you to go, imagine, you can't go, I want you to imagine walking and going back in the past. And you're walking, and you're walking, and you're walking, you keep walking and walking. Imagine going as far as you can in the past, and God's there. Then, then, the omega, the alpha, okay, so, so, and omega. So, so now I want you to imagine going this way as far as you can. Just keep walking. Just keep walking. You're walking. Keep walking. Keep walking. I want you to imagine. Okay, now get as far as your intellect will take you in the future, and God is there. I am Alpha and Omega. Omega. No matter how far you go in the past, you'll find God. Woo! And no matter how far you go in the future, you'll find God. That's how big your God is. And that's the God who gave you the name, child of God. See, when, when he speaks, it's worth listening to because he's such, such a, a massive God. 
And then he goes on and explains that, you know, I am the God who is. You know, no matter what your circumstances are right now, you know, he's in your present. And by the way, he's going nowhere. He's going nowhere. And, and listen to this. It gets better. It gets better. The, the God who was. He's, he's the one God. You know, he just rewrites your past. He'll give you a new past. When you accept Christ as Savior and your sins are forgiven, all that's eradicated. So he's the God who takes care of your past. And he's the God who takes care of the future. So whether it's here or whether it's back or whether it's forward, who is the one, the Alpha and Omega? And that's your God. The God who declares you his child. His child. Now, you're probably wondering... And exactly what has this to do with the 23rd Psalm? <laughs> I was going to get there. It just took me a while, okay? There's a little review and a big truth, okay? A little review um, and a big truth. Now, we started out with, you know, verse number one, okay? The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. And remember, we talked about he, he makes me lie down in green pastures because he's a God who knew the importance of rest, He leads me beside quiet waters. He puts me in a space where I don't have to be afraid because sheep are real skittish and running water will scare them away. And then he says this, he renews my life. Psalm 23, 3. Go ahead and throw that up, Eli. Psalm 23, 3. He renews my life. He restores my life. He replenishes my life. I have come that they may have life, Jesus said in John 10, 10. I have come that they may have life and have it more abundant. He, he leads me along the right path, the best path for your life. Because he made you, he knows what's best for you. And why would he do all of that? For his name's sake. What exactly does that mean? His name's sake. Well, I made a little slide for us, okay, that talks about namesake. All right? When used in conjunction with God... It means he is demonstrating his character. His namesake means he's demonstrating his character. In other words, and I'll say it again in just a moment, God is putting his name on the line. When, when, when it says, you know, he leads you down the right path for his namesake, he said, I'm putting my character on the line. I will not change who I am. I am who I am. I will not change. And I'm leading you the right paths because I'm going to put my character on the line. That's namesake. But namesake means to be named after someone. T.A., Reggie, Leslie, Mary's, whatever. Okay? All right, so, so this namesake, he's willing to put his character on the line, lines up with namesake. We are who we are because there's a God who says, you're my child. We are named after God when we say we are God's amazing child. How awesome and wonderful is that? Okay. So, what, how does this namesake come? Well, it's actually from the Hebrew. It's, uh, the phrase for one's namesake is a rendering of a Hebrew Edom, meaning to protect one's reputation or to be vouched for. See, isn't this cool? God's vouching for you. God's vouching for you. When, I went, when we were in Georgia, not this last time, the time before, on vacation, I wanted to go back to Moody, where I was stationed when I met Judy and all of that. And the only way I could get on base was my brother-in-law, who's a retired lieutenant colonel, vouched for me. We got to the gate. They saluted him and said, these guys were with me. Yes, sir, come on in. 
God is vouching for you today. Good place for an amen. Good place for an amen. You know, he's vouching for us today. How, how amazing and awesome that is. And our last teaching point is this. In other words, now, now let this soak in. God has put his name on the line concerning himself, his character. He loves you so much. He believes in you so much. He's putting his character on the line. I will vouch for Dwayne. I will vouch for Blair. I will, I will vouch for the four Marys. Mary 1, 2, Mary Jane 3. Okay, I'll vouch for those. All five TAs. I'll vouch for them. Okay, he, God's put his name on the line concerning himself, his character, and his promises toward us. Now, now get this. If he says it, it's true. Now listen, you've got to nail that down. You cannot go through your Christian walk Doubting the word of God. Now, back in the good old days, and some of y'all remember those days, no one questioned the word of God. Again, 50% of our population says, I don't believe the Bible. That's just a fact. Barner survey, 50%. So you as a Christ follower who cared enough to get up and come to church today, you've got to knock down what God says is true. I don't care what Biden says or Pritzker says, or anybody else says, I am falling and lining up. Politics aside, you know, culture aside, what God says is true, is true. It's true. It's true. Okay? And if he promise, promises it, it will come to pass. Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. Believe the word of God and claim his promises. Now, that's really important. It just popped in my brain. How many of y'all read Grits? Grits readers? Okay, y'all need to go to, um, those who don't, you need to go to gritswithgrace.com. It's a blog that I do five days a week. Judy and I do five days a week. It's got devotions. It's devotions. Uh, gritswithgrace.com. And um, every day, I sign it the same way. It's either I've got this speaking for God or he's got this. You need to believe today he's got this. Amen. Don't you be afraid. Listen, as a Christ follower, don't you be afraid of the future. Don't be afraid of culture. Don't be afraid of anything because our God is greater. Amen. Our God is greater. If he says it is true and if he promises it, it will come to pass. So our bottom line is this. Here's the end, the bottom line. You can trust what God says about himself. Honor his name. He's worthy of honor. Don't, don't lose the fact that you're offended when someone takes it in the wrong way. Don't lose the, I'm going to make a word up. Don't lose the cringement factor, okay? And when you lose that, let it be a warning sign, am I being culturized? Is that like three words I just made up? Amazing, amazing. And you can trust what God says about himself and about you. Believe it. You're not what your husband, your wife, your parents, your boss, culture, your neighbor says. You are what God says you are. And if you are a Christ follower, you are a child of God. And nothing can change that. Now the question comes, will you do that? Will you trust and will you believe? Well, there's a story of a guy. His son was demon-possessed. And Jesus and the boys had been up on the mountain. They come down and 
the three, and, and the other nine were down here, and the father brought the boy and said, hey, will you cast out the demon? Well, they couldn't do it, and there's a fuss going on, you know. And Jesus walks up and says, what's going on? Well, I brought these, my, bro, my son to these disciples, and they couldn't cast the demon out. And so, uh, will you help us if you can? And Jesus said, that's what he said, if I can, if I can, you know, all things are possible with God, if you believe. And here's what he said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. That's a great prayer. Don't be afraid to acknowledge that you don't always get it right. Sometimes you're going to struggle with culture, with your life. Don't be afraid to pray this prayer. God, I do believe. I just got some unbelief I'm dealing with. And you know what's great? What's wonderful? He'll help you. He's got this. He's got this. So if you're here today, and this is all kind of new to you, and You've heard about church and you've heard about religion, but you never heard about Jesus. This man, the God-man, who was 100% God and 100% man, I know that would probably sound confusing, but he came to earth as God and lived this perfect sinless life and then allowed himself to be nailed to a Roman cross and they put him in a tomb and three days later he came back to life. He's alive today. And all that happened because God loves you and wants you to have a relationship with him. You know, it does something that church and religion can't do, Jesus can do. So my friend Brent will be standing down front, and we'll be glad to share with you about Jesus today. And, and then if you're here today and you already know Jesus, I hope this is at least interesting to you. I hope it made us think about, wait a minute, you know, am I becoming, new word again, culturized today? Am I no longer offended when the name of God is misused? Am I no longer offended when... When we Christians act like the world, does it no longer offend us? And you might want to say, God, I know you're not satisfied with that. And I ask you to forgive me and help me today to start afresh. To start afresh. Would you bow your heads, please? Father, I really thank you for letting me uh, share today. Thank you for that privilege. God, thank you that your name is so great. You just had to say, I am that I am. You're so much bigger than what we can imagine. I'm thankful for that. Father, I pray that if there's someone here, a friend here, who has never trusted Christ as Savior, that today um, might be their day. And then, Father, for the rest of us, Lord, let this soak into our hearts. Let us soak into our hearts. Your name is so holy and so valuable. Help us to guard it, honor it, and to love it. And God, thank you what you call us. Children of God. Thank you for that. And Jesus, I pray in your precious name. Amen. Amen.